You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. It's one o'clock. This is America's Web Radio, and we are in... Let's talk Venezuela. Uh-huh. I bet you you guys miss me. Yes, they oh, miss you a I, lot. I really apologize. I change. Um, You know, my schedule has changed. I got a new job, and, you know, that period of like a test period already passed so now I am finally um, um, a permanent employee and then I have to figure out ways to do you know continue doing this program so I apologize Brett, I apologize David I apologize Carlos but you know how it is here in America if you are a Republican and you don't work you are a Democrat Democrat. Okay. No, 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 not a Democrat. You are a communist. A communist. <laughs> so let's so, go to the to the news. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. You guys are playing number one. I don't have number one. Okay. So number one goes this way. Um, This news at Let's Talk Venezuelan comes to you courtesy of the Red Alternativa Capitalista de Información, the Alternative Capitalist Information Network. Look for us as a group on Facebook. And to the generous donations of listeners of this station, www.americaswebradio.com. Thank you, Brett. Number two. Yeah. I can Venezuela get... crude output in key region plunges due to diluent shortage. Reporting by Luke Cohen in New York, Daisy Buitrago in Caracas, and Mariana Paraga in Mexico City. Editing by Matthew Lewis for Reuters. Crude output in Venezuela's key Orinoco oil belt plunged by a quarter to less than 300,000 barrels per day. BPD, in August due to a shortage of diluents needed to blend with the region's extra-heavy crude, documents seen by Reuters showed. The drop comes as state oil company PDVSA directs more medium and light crudes to refining to boost supplies of scarce motor fuel in the crisis-stricken OPEC nation, leaving little to dilute the Orinoco's tar-like crude into exportable grades. Diluent shortages could threaten the relative stability in the South American country's oil output and exports in 2021, after years of underinvestment followed by U.S. sanctions sent crude production the lifeblood of Venezuela's economy plummeting to multi-decade lows last year. The Orinoco Belt produced some 288,000 barrels on August 26 and 298,000 barrels on August 31, down from 400,000 barrels on August 8 according to PDVSA production reports seen by Reuters. Venezuela's total output averaged 614,000 BPD in July, 
according to figures the country provided to OPEC. The August 31st and August 26th reports said low diluent inventories were a cause of reduced output at three of the belt's biggest projects, PDVSA's Sinovenza, Petromonagas, and Petropier joint ventures with China National Petroleum Corp., CNPET.UL, Russia's Rosarobesneft and Chevron Corp., CVX.N, respectively. PDVSA, which holds majority stakes in all three joint ventures, did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Another PDVSA document seen by Reuters said the Jose Terminal, Venezuela's main oil blending and export hub, was on maximum alert due to the diluent shortage. PDVSA last month imported a rare 620,000 barrel cargo of condensate, a diluent, and has also sought to use synthetic crudes as refinery feedstock to free up light and medium crudes for the Orinoco belt. U.S. sanctions to executives of the company complicate the company's ability to import diluents. Well, you see, they have a deep troubles in Venezuela right now even to produce hmm. okay, oil. The problem is basically that the government, the communist government in Venezuela insisted that the bituminous uh, belt it was a uh, real petroleum and it is not this uh, this kind of extra heavy petroleum oil is like like uh, the um, the thing that you put in the in the roof the charcoal the char like yeah. um no charcoal no uh, tar. the tar the tar the tar yeah and so so they need to extract that thing from the from the well, uh -huh. they need to mix it okay. with uh, lighter uh, oils. Mm -hmm. So, so it's not real. It's not real uh, oil. Mm -hmm. It's extra heavy oil. But Chavez and this group of crooks, mm -hmm. uh, they said no. That is the that is that's oil. And, uh, and we can produce from that, okay? And it's not that the way to, to do it. Uh, around 25 years ago, the, um, the Institute of, of Oil of Venezuela created a, a mixing named Orimulsion. Okay. Okay, that they mix... Uh, water vapor with this uh, extra heavy uh, oil and they produce a huge quantities of oil using that techniques mm -hmm. and do you know what Chavez did mm -hmm. he gave away that technology to the Chinese no wonder they are the one who are taking the oil with them right yes Okay, so he not he didn't only gave away the the mineral, but also the the data, the intelligence. The they destroy a whole industry. Exactly by giving that to the Chinese, of course. But the main problem, mm -hmm. if you go to the root, was this integration of the industry mm -hmm. into a 
mega huge company named PDVSA. Okay, it's not the same one that they're trying to, to it, recover uh, back with this negotiation going on with the Biden administration? Well, uh, you will see at the end of the program all what is going, what is cooking in Mexico. What is cooking over there? Yes. Okay, going back to the, you were explaining the oil is so heavy that they have to mix it with, with another with, oil. Yes. The lighter yes. one. To, the, loosen, to loosen it up a little bit? Yes, in, in uh, two or three programs ago, mm -hmm. we explained what is the condensate. Okay, so yeah. this technique is different what they use in Alberta, Canada. Because different. I remember different. watching a documentary with Alberta, Canada, uh -huh. and Alberta, how they extract the oil from the rocks. Uh -huh. Is that they, they put like a, oh, no. Uh, vapor, like a so hot vapor in like a water the, steam, so the, water. The emulsion uh -huh. was similar to that technique. And they did the, 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 the geniuses of the communist government, they, <laughs> they said, no, that doesn't work. Uh -huh. And and with that, when they, they get into to, to uh, a problem uh -huh. because now they depend of condensate. Condensate is a kind of uh, very light petroleum uh -huh. known as the natural gasoline uh -huh. and they have to import that thing from Iran. So they so they destroy one to depend on so another one. It has to be something in the middle for their packet to destroy oh, something of like that. Course. If everything is something with this with this communist, yeah. they always destroy something that is going to benefit their own particular individual packet. Of course. Okay. So now China is in all of this knowledge uh, technique. And they are taking... They own the technology. The technology. Now, uh, a technology that that Venezuelans engineers spent almost 15 years in develop... Developing that. Uh -huh. they, okay. They, they gave it away to the Chinese. I don't think it's what gave it away. They, they didn't exchange. Remember, when Chavez was at the beginning of his... Um, of his um, um, tyranny, right? Remember, he brought them in, and they gave him in advance trillions and trillions of dollars yeah. for that industry, okay? They lack, they lack the price of the oil in, in some, some price, right? Mm -hmm. And that be deal, deal was supposed to be from 30 to 50 years. Yeah. They ha the Chinese have the right on the oil of Venezuela 30 to 50 years. I don't remember exactly what's the, what's the many years, you know. The yeah, but they, they, are, they have a heavy presence mm -hmm. in, in Venezuela, in that industry. As you so, hear. but they are building this, this technique, they're building it back in China, not in Venezuela. Not in Venezuela. Okay, so they only go over there, extract it and take it, and they refine and do all the, yes. the, the, the conversion of the of the um, yeah the oil emulsion uh -huh. is used as it is you don't need to go to into a refinery okay when you mix that thing with with vapor uh -huh. of that that uh, the end result uh -huh. 
is very similar to diesel. Okay, so they destroy the industry in Venezuela, but they got the business going on in China. Yes. O sea, they, I mean, they destroyed completely. They had, they left a lot of people without job, without nothing, and they took everything to China, the and they are doing everything in China. Yes. Making the money, everything in China. Yes. And they're going to be doing this for, if there is already 20-something years, no, more than 20 years, we're in 2030 years. years. There is already yeah. 30 years. Probably they had 20 more years to go if they didn't sign an extended how you call it? I extend the contract, right? Uh -huh. To re renew the, the contract so they might stay there in Venezuela for 50 that, more years. Yes. As long as they keep on giving them the cash what they need. Yeah. Because the communists, in order for them to maintain power, they need cash flowing. Yeah. So, Remember, now, socialism works. While money lasts. Yes. So... You were talking to me um, when we were waiting in the um, in the living room over there in the in the reception right over here. Uh -huh. You were talking to me about the financial crisis the Venezuela is going through. So do you think the China is going to be answering back with more money and extend that period? I don't. I don't think so. We will discuss this after these messages. Hello, my name is Rick White, and I'm the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I want to encourage all Georgia veterans to consider being nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And if you are a Georgia veteran, and the definition of a Georgia veteran is either you were born in the state of Georgia, or you've lived here 10 years, or you were raised your right hand and joined the military in this state, you are considered a Georgia veteran. For further information, go to www.gmbhof.org, or you can contact me at 678-427-0915. We'd love to have your nomination for the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. Thank you so much. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, yes. Well, do you like salads? Salad? Yeah, it depends. Um, it depe uh, depends on the letters. I like romaine letters. Uh -huh. I don't like the other one that it, that when you cut and they die faster. You know the regular letters, the head letter. Uh -huh. I don't like that much too. I, uh -huh. I don't want that. I don't like that kind too much. I like. Yeah, the but we today we will talk about. A different kind of letters. A different kind of letter. Yes. Venezuela's new lettuce. Opinion published by the leftist newspaper The New York Times, written by Virginia Lopez Glass. Virginia Lopez Glass is a Venezuelan and Latin America for more than a decade. She was a senior correspondent for the Islamic fascist media, paid by the Qatar Emirate. Al Jazeera in English from 2015 to 2017. 
Caracas, Venezuela? A few years ago, Venezuela was experiencing such devastating food shortages that people stood for hours in lines just for a chance to buy basic staples. Venezuelans reported losing an average of 24 pounds in 2017. Today, such hard times feel like a distant nightmare. People can now buy groceries, medications and other goods that for nearly a decade were impossible to find, thanks to the informal dollarization of the economy and the partial lifting of price controls and import tariffs by President Nicolas Maduro's government. After years of deprivation, near economic collapse and political chaos, this shift has improved the quality of life for many people across Venezuela. Using the dollar instead of the local currency, the Bolivar, has its drawbacks, but it has brought fragile stability, for now. Venezuelans spontaneously began to adopt the dollar in 2019 as a way of fending off hyperinflation. American dollars, and other foreign currencies like the euro and the Colombian peso, have breathed some life into the production of rum and the collapsing oil industry. Steve Hank, an economist at Johns Hopkins University and an expert on hyperinflation, told me that dollarization, even if it is improvised, rather than an official pages of the Bolivar's hyperinflation. In the case of Zimbabwe, making the US dollar the if the brink. In Venezuela, nearly 70% of all transactions were conducted in that currency as of June, according to Luis Vicente Leon, a pollster in Caracas. About 60% of those purchases were in cash and the rest using wire transfers or online payment systems like Zelle and Venmo. More than 5 million people, or over 15% of the population, have fled Venezuela in recent years. That translates into greater access to dollars in the country, since many Venezuelans abroad send money to their families back home. In fact, before the pandemic, remittances had been rising. In 2019, the diaspora sent an estimated $3.7 billion to relatives, up from the $3.5 billion sent the year before. The flow of dollars is also breathing new life into the country's commercial activity. More producers are producing, more importers are importing, and more people are eating. This was evident in my recent visit to Patare, one of the largest slums in Caracas. A young clerk, named Andre Suarez credited the dollar with saving the grocery store where he works in the Jose Felix Ribas neighborhood. Things have started to move again, Mr. Suarez told me while standing in front of shelves stacked high with shampoo, chocolate, and potatoes chips. I don't know where people are getting the money, he added, but they're buying. But I also saw some of the drawbacks of dollarization. Although the flow of dollars is a significant way of getting around the Chavez-era exchange controls, the process of actually getting cash is convoluted. Katie Aguilar, another resident of Patare, told me that she gets about $30 to $50 a month from her daughter in Peru. Receiving those remittances means going through an informal network of money changers, who often take a large cut. We post a message in our WhatsApp account saying that we need to buy or sell lechugas, the Spanish word for lettuce, which is a code for dollars, she told me. A friend, 
or a friend of a friend who might work for wealthy people and gets paid in cash, eventually calls, and she makes the transaction. An improvised dollar economy is also not completely immune to hyperinflation. Prices are still going up, and they're even higher now that they're set in dollars. This makes it hard for many Venezuelans to afford everyday items. Dilmarie Rivas, a neighbor of Ms. Aguilar, earns the equivalent of $120 per month working as a house cleaner. Three years ago, this income was enough to buy three months' worth of groceries, if she was lucky enough to find them after standing hours in line. Today, her weekly wages allow for just the basics, sugar, coffee, milk, corn flour, cheese, cooking oil. Staples are no longer scarce, but they're so expensive that other necessities like clothes and toiletries have become a luxury. If I buy a pair of socks, I can't buy eggs, Ms. Rivas said. It's like I traded one problem for another. The Venezuela of Hugo Chavez's professed socialism, with food subsidies that initially helped the poor but soon resulted in chronic shortages, is slowly giving way to Mr. Maduro's tropical brand of haphazard capitalism, where two currencies exist at odds with each other. There's economic liberalization, but also repression, price distortions and inequality. And paradoxically, by providing the economy a lifeline to endure crippling U.S. sanctions and persistent inflation, the dollar economy helps Mr. Maduro remain in power. For all Venezuelans to benefit from a dollar economy, the country would have to adopt the dollar as its sole currency by reaching an agreement between its central bank and the U.S. Federal Reserve. But for this and other deep economic reforms to happen, U.S. sanctions must My U.S. sanctions must be lifted. As, as you can see and hear and read, the liberal press <laughs> is already making a campaign to lift the sanctions against Maduro and their crooks. That's, that's the problem of the uh, American press right now. You know, we, we have a New York Times that once said that Fidel Castro was the Robin Hood, the Cuban Robin Hood, and now is telling us that in order to dollarize the uh, Venezuelan economy, we must lift the sanctions. Let me tell you something. I, I've been involved mm -hmm. in the dollarization uh, system in El Salvador. Okay. Because, because Samuel's godfather uh, was uh, the youngest director of a bank in Central America when that happens. And he explained me how this kind of process comes. And it's the Venezuelan government, the one who has to control their own inflation. If they don't have that kind of discipline, it's impossible to uh, to bring uh, to the same level uh, the local money with the with the dollar. The first thing that you have to do is having the same amount 
of inflation on both uh, currencies. But it's not a matter of uh, lifting the sanctions. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of lifting the communists on the mind of these stupid people. Mm -hmm. Okay? The same happens in Ecuador Mm -hmm. in the 80s. They adopt the dollar Mm -hmm. when they have a um, currency named the Sucre. El Sucre. Mm -hmm. Okay? And at that time, the president did that because he he wants to uh, control the inflation and the Panamanian effect says that in any country undeveloped country mm-hmm. that adopt the dollar mm-hmm. the inflation is two points below the inflation of the United States of America okay Keep, what happens in, in Venezuela right now we have the effect of the first inflation um, known in the modern world that was the infl- the Spanish inflation during uh, Charles V uh, King of Spain. What century was that? It was in the 15th century. 15th century. I yes, was thinking it, about that. It happens, it happens that Spain received so much gold mm-hmm. at that era that the inflation came and uh, the king has to call the bankers of Germany to control the inflation because when you receive too much without expanding the economy, mm-hmm. everything gets more expensive. Mm-hmm. And if you have an inflation in gold, you know what what's going on, okay? So the inflation is something that governments knows for centuries. Okay. Okay? And the only way to rescue the Venezuelan economy is to open the economy. That's the only way. Forget about socialism and go and work on what is important, that is the expansion. Mm-hmm. Remember what you used to say the best social program <laughs> is a, a, a well paid job. Exactly. <laughs> that was one of my models. Yes. Yeah, that's the best that's, social That's, that's, that's the best social program. program. It's a well okay. paid job. Okay, so the key, the, the, the key now when they communicate to each other in Venezuela is letters when they yes. want to talk about the dollar? Yes. Okay, but um, okay, this is the people talking to each other using that, 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 word, language. that language. Yes. But how about the government? Do they want to open up for the dollar? What, what are they, they going have, to do? They, they don't have any, they, they don't have any, any answer to that, to that question because they don't have right now as you see in the last segment mm-hmm. the income of the government mm-hmm. that is used to be the oil production mm-hmm. is 
25% less mm -hmm. in a month. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, that's sad. But that's that's the way it is. But, but if they if they use the before we leave for you know before we we take the break, if they um, normalize the dollar in Venezuela, that means that the government is not going to. I mean, the tyranny um, system is not going anywhere. It's gonna be the opposite. It's gonna strengthen more. No, it's gonna get more strength. No, because they don't have the, the the they don't have the dollars in their hands. The idea is eventually they will do what Cubans does. But hold on, Carl. Hold on. Um, my uh, understanding about the dollar in Venezuela, Venezuelans have been dealing with dollar since like 15 years ago on the street. They have been doing, you know, the dollar Always. is there. It's a lot of dollars out there in the street. Mm -hmm. that they're not going through the banks. You know, it's in the street. Mm -hmm. The problem that these people, uh, one of my friends was telling me, there is a lot of money here, but there is nothing to buy. Exactly. There is nothing because, to buy. Because they don't, have, they don't have an open economy. They don't have no production uh, we will, or nothing. We will, mm -hmm. we will uh, discuss this after these messages. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, uh, here we have another another concept. You have, in one hand, that the Venezuelan government is not receiving the cash flow. In the other hand, you have see that the population mm -hmm. is less dependent of the the government because they are receiving dollars from people who are right now abroad. But the third element mm -hmm. is the following. They been prosecute mm -hmm. people that collaborate mm -hmm. with this regime. And the main uh, culprit right now is a guy named Alex Saab. And in this, in this uh, note, mm -hmm. you will see what's going on right now. Okay. Thank you, Brad. Alex Saab and his extradition. The U.S. Justice extended the deadline for the prosecution to respond to the appeal of Alex Saab, Nicolas Maduro's frontman. 
The Constitutional Court of Cape Verde approves his extradition in the final instance. With information from the Spanish news agency EFE and the France press agency. Federal Judge Barbara Lagoa of the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, based here in Atlanta, dismissed the defendant's defense request. However, she approved that the prosecutor's office presented its arguments on October 7 to answer an appeal submitted by the lawyers of the Colombian businessman Alex Saab. Alex Saab is the alleged frontman of the Colombian-Venezuelan drug lord, Nicolas Maduro, and requested extradition by a federal court. According to court documents, he faces money laundering charges to which he had access to the EFE agency. The defense of Saab, who has been detained in Cape Verde, Africa, since June 2020 at the request of the United States, had indicated their opposition to granting more time to the prosecutor's office, considering that this implied a greater risk of extradition. But this is no longer important since the Constitutional Court of Cape Verde authorized the unappealable extradition to the United States of Saab. This decision comes after more than a year of judicial entanglements by this 49-year-old fugitive criminal. The United States accuses Saab of managing a vast network so that the leader Nicolas Maduro and his regime could divert food aid destined for Venezuela for their benefit. A Miami court indicted him in July 2019 for money laundering. Saab's lawyers appealed a ruling from a Miami court, which describes him as a fugitive from United States justice. The prosecutor's office recalled that the accused appellant faces seven money laundering charges and one more conspiracy to commit this crime. On April 1st, Saab's defense requested to annul the order that confers him the status of a fugitive. Saab, detained in Cape Verde since June 2020, has a granted extradition to the United States which was approved in the first instance on March 17, 2021, by the Supreme Court of that West African island country. Last March, Judge Robert Scola of the Federal Court of Miami rejected a request from the Colombian to modify the classification of international fugitive from justice to Saab. Saab's defense also asked to respond to the accusations of the United States Attorney's Office without setting foot in the country which Judge Scola also denied. Economic Community of West African States, ECOWAS, High Court called for Saab's release in March. But the Supreme Court of Cape Verde rejected this request, and even more, it authorized the extradition of the businessman, who has been under house arrest until now. After an appeal filed by Saab, the Constitutional Court of Cape Verde also confirmed the legal authorization to extradite the accused to the United States, he indicated in his judgment of September 7. At the moment, it is unknown when he will be transporting to the United States. Alex Saab and his partner Alvaro Polito are accused of money laundering. They would have transferred $350 million outside of Venezuela to foreign accounts that he owned or controlled together. Both could receive up to 20 years in jail in the United States, 
with no possibility of exit since there is no appeal for this crime equated with drug trafficking. The communist government of Venezuela granted Saab the citizenship of that country. They even appointed him AA ambassador at large for Africa, six months after his detention in Cape Verde, where there was an arrest warrant by Interpol. Venezuela's government described the arrest as arbitrary. Described the arrest as arbitrary. When that guy had for more than a year uh, a call from Interpol that wherever he went, he would be arrested. And he defies it. And uh, he defied it. Now he has to pay the consequences. Yeah. But it's taking very long for him to pay the consequences, right? He's been delayed and delayed No, no. And, the, the, and then medical and then the hair, he was falling off and they had yes. to go check them out. And then the skin, you know, all this scheming, scheming. Being delayed, like what, two years? We're talking about this uh, for two years now? He was, he was arrested last year in the April. Okay, April, so, March, so April. Uh, now twenty one. Yeah, and we they went, went and they wanted to do exactly the same trick that they did with El Pollo Carvajal in, in Curaçao. In Curaçao. Yeah. But in this time, they they didn't they didn't they couldn't, they couldn't do it. No, because, because he was, was closer. It was he closer was already he was already detained. Uh-huh. When ben, when the Venezuela has the 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 audacity to name him ambassador at large to when get he was arrested. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Those, are the, those are the tricks and play and tricks that the communists they always do. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So by the point of view of the Department of Justice, you know, bring they're gonna bring him over. He, he was, he because was, of the Department of State, not because of the administration. Uh, no, 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 no. The Biden administration. They were, they were, uh, they were um, uh, a sue mm-hmm. against this guy. He didn't answer the, that sue, mm-hmm. and uh, he was declared um, a fugitive. A fugitive. Okay. And when once he has that uh, label, mm-hmm. he is immediately labeled by the Interpol. And suddenly he, he landed in his private plane and he said, I'm sure here because with Cape Verde happens something very curious. It's the same route of the drug dealer that that brings <laughs> the cartel, cartel takes that route. They are the cartel of the uh, sons. Los soles? Yes. The sons. The sons. Exactamente. S U N S cartel. Yes. The son. Yeah. Los soles. Yeah. All right. So he's gonna be brought into the United States. So by the point of view of Venezuela, they said it's arbitrary. Yeah. Because he's a diplomat. No, he's. They said that he's a uh, well, he's a diplomat after the after the he fact that arrested, yeah. yes. Okay, so they're saying that he's a diplomat. He's been violated his immunity. How you call it? His in, immunity. His exactly. immunity has been violated because he's a diplomat at yeah. large. At right? large. At large. Yeah. Okay. And um, 
and uh, that's by the point of the left of excuses, always yes. excuses and excuses exactly. and excuses. Um, are they planning to do something? Like, are they going to do, you know, anything else? I mean, they don't have, right he's, now. He's the testaferro of Maduro, right? He is the guy who who invented the club boxes. The club boxes. And the club boxes coming from Mexico. Yes. Oh, so when that guy comes here to New York, and he they put the clink, clink, you know, on yeah. him, and they're going to start interrogating him. A lot of names are going to start coming out. It's not exactly. only Maduro. It's also Peña Nieto. It's everybody. It's everybody from Mexico yeah. because the club started before the AMLO started as yes. a president. The, the business going on with yes, the club the, is with the, the Peña Nieto. This, w- this, will be, this will be very interesting. It's going to be like a piñata. Yeah. Piñata. When you hit the piñata, a lot of things <laughs> A lot of, you imagine, you all those toys going boom. <laughs> a lot of toys, a lot so in, of in candies. English, in English, is when that is hit the fence. It's, yes. it's about to hit the fence. Yes, but the thing is that you you must think uh-huh. in in the point of view of the actual people that abuse civil rights and human rights in Venezuela. Uh-huh. That is. Almost everybody who participate on this uh, regime, mm-hmm. okay. That's one of the points why they are negotiating okay. in Mexico uh-huh. because they know that their that their name has a date. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! No, you cannot say things like that because I feel like it's exploding on my face. So you are saying that it's not only Zab who's involved in this, but it's the opposition. Everybody, that's why you are yes, in Mexico because Mexico is going to be part of the piñata when they start yes. hearing this. There's Mexico and the, Venezuelan opposition. Everybody's going to be... The, oh. the, 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 the opposition, the false opposition. The fake opposition. The dissident opposition. The dissident. Because, <laughs> because they are the the political uh, offer in Venezuela is my socialism is, is better than yours, okay? But there is not real opposition. There is no real, you know, black and white. They are all grades, mm-hmm. okay, and that's the. the are, you t- are you talking about fifty grade or shade of gray? Yeah, more <laughs> or less. <laughs> I'm more. sorry, I couldn't hold it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's what it is. You are, fifty grade of shade with the Venezuelan a, a hundred, with the Venezuelan politicians. They have a hundred <laughs> shades of gray. In this, in this, uh, in this negotiation, in yes. this, in this dialogue, yes, in because this, you don't in you Mexico. Don't, when when you have the enemy almost done, mm-hmm. the only the only negotiation is when do you leave, and how do you leave the power? Okay, and they're they're negotiating another things that 
in the next uh, break, <laughs> we're gonna we'll, be we're we'll, gonna be talking about that. We will be so you're talk- gonna start bringing more things to go to the fan. Yes, <laughs> it's gonna exactly. start hitting the fan. Take okay. it away, Brett. <laughs> Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Love it. Now, we're in the last segment, and I've been thinking very deeply about to publish or not mm-hmm. uh, this dialogue among criminals in Mexico. You don't you got an audio about them talking in this dialogue? No. Oh, okay. Everything is secret. Everything. <laughs> but do you know something? Somebody told me once that if something is rotten. Rotten. Yeah, you have to be secret. Mm-hmm. Secretive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something rotten in Denmark. <laughs> There's a lot of things rotten in Caracas. In Caracas, not yes. Denmark, okay. So, the this note about the government and the opposition in Venezuela, I have to publish because it's a news, but there is a light of uh, hope among all this because for the first time somebody said I am not agree on these things because we are negotiating the losing the liberty forever let's take it opposition agree on some key points during Mexico talks Reporting by Diego or Ana Isabel Martinez and Sheree Angulo. Editing by Richard Pullen for Reuters. Venezuelan government and opposition representatives on Monday said they reached partial agreement during talks in Mexico City as part of a roadmap drawn up to tackle the once prosperous country's long-running crisis. In a joint statement following negotiations from September 3rd to 6th, They said areas of agreement related to social measures, particularly on those affected by COVID-19, and a territorial dispute concerning neighboring Guyana. The talks come after a more than two-year push to oust socialist President Nicolas Maduro, whose opponents label him a dictator who rigged his 2018 re-election and violates human rights to quash dissent. 
Unlike in previous failed attempts, the current dialogue includes participation by a large group of other parties, including Norway, which led the talks, as well as the Netherlands, Russia, Bolivia, and Turkey. Government and opposition representatives said in a joint statement that talks on economic and social measures, including special drawing rights with the International Monetary Fund, IMF, would continue in the next round. Progress was made in consultation mechanisms with political and social actors, making them as inclusive as possible, the statement said. The two sides had already met in the Mexican capital last month for intense talks. We have a long way to go, we have a lot of work to do, we have many issues to discuss, but today we have shown that we can say the hardest things to ourselves, said Jorge Rodriguez, president of the Venezuelan Congress and leader of Maduro's negotiating team. Rodriguez said that after the early agreements reached in the round, Representatives from both sides will return to the table in Mexico at the end of the month. Maduro's government has demanded the lifting of sanctions imposed by the United States and Europe on Venezuelan officials and institutions including state oil company PDVSA. Some sources from the U.S. President Joe Biden's administration has said it is willing to lift the sanctions if meaningful progress in opposition negotiations is made. The Venezuelan opposition has called for humanitarian aid, including vaccines against COVID-19, to be let into the country, the freeing of supporters it considers political prisoners and guaranteed regional elections in November. Meanwhile some dissident voices begins to raise up. The negotiations are ending the future of Venezuela. Said Milos Alcalay. The government of Nicolas Maduro and the opposition unitary platform agreed on Monday in Mexico to ratify and defend sovereignty over Guyana and the economic and social protection of Venezuelans. Milos Alcalay, former Venezuelan ambassador to the United Nations, affirmed that the negotiations between the unitary platform of the opposition and the government of Nicolas Maduro are ending the country's future. It is necessary to stop the negotiations of the democratic platform that are ending the future of Venezuela, said the internationalist on his Twitter account, two days after the first two agreements reached in Mexico. He said the current talks, sponsored by the Kingdom of Norway, are doing more damage than previous attempts. He also included those between the Chavista government and minority sectors of the opposition that turned their backs on the proposal of Juan Guaido, whom more than 50 countries recognize as deputy president. Okay. Now, what do we have here? We have here a very complex situation because when you have the enemy <coughs> surrender, mm -hmm. you don't negotiate it, but how, when, and how you live. <laughs> okay? And what, the, what were the agreements right now between the opposition and the government? Okay, let's rescue Guyana. Guyana? And, yeah, and let's 
let's lift the sanctions. That's what the Venezuelan government wants, to lift the sanctions. Okay? Pero, pero, But that decision do not depend on the opposition. And the same happens with Guyana. Do you know why? Because that's a third party situation. The, the, the real important things among two parts mm -hmm. is not, they are not negotiating anything in that, in that matter. It's just bringing... Okay, the, but the question here, Carlos, is who is the one who imposed the sanction on Venezuela? United leader? States and What Europe. part of United States and what part of, of Europe? A department, a administration, a president, who put, who designate that sanctions on Venezuela uh, in, when in it comes to the United States? The Congress. The Congress put the sanctions? Yes. Okay. And based on the accusation of the Department of Justice? Yes. Okay. So, these people, before they went to Mexico to negotiate, remember, they came here to Washington, D.C., and they met with the Biden administration. Yes. The and same people who and, are uh, negotiating in Mexico. And the same people that negotiate with the Taliban's in Afghanistan. Okay. All yeah. right. So, they came here. They're checking a little bit, uh -huh. you know, how they loosen up. They're going to be loosening up those mm -hmm. restrictions, whatever you want to call it. Now they are in Mexico. In Mexico. Yeah. The one who came here were the opposition only, by yeah. itself. Uh -huh. Now in Mexico, the opposition and the regime are working together. They are getting one now. Yeah. They are yeah. getting as a uh, one are, group. They are always open wide. There. No, open wide. Now uh -huh. everybody is looking how this this thing really works. Uh -huh. Okay. Because remember, a lot of Venezuelans are so naive that they are really thinking the opposition is the opposition, uh -huh. and they are not. Okay. Yeah. So in this meeting in Mexico. What they are trying to, what they are doing is they're getting rid of the temporary government of Venezuela, which is Guaido and everybody who no, was supporting him. They're they they getting rid of them. Yeah, they are the ones that, that they're supposed to stay, uh -huh. and the other part is the one that's supposed, supposed to leave. Go, and they yeah. abandon, they 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 uh, surrender, yeah. surrender. The, the leadership, the power uh -huh. of the opposition people, I'm talking yeah. about the people, having yeah. the, they surrender to the tyrant. Yeah. Now they're becoming one yeah. publicly, open, in the open. Yeah. All right? So, with one goal. One goal is, Guyana is just a distraction. Yeah. That is a distraction. There is nothing you can do there with Guyana. Because something... If somebody touches Guyana, England is going to come over. That's, that's, a, that, that's, a, remember, I used to visit Guyana because I used to marry, I used to, uh, I was married to a Guyanese guy. Yeah. So they have that issue very laid down, like, pam, 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 pam. If somebody touches, uh, especially Venezuela, England is going to come for our rescue. Yeah. And you know it's going to be like that. Okay, so Guyana is just a distraction. The whole idea here is these people are coming together with the help of the Biden administration, which are the same group, because remember, Venezuelans for Biden, for Biden here. Yeah. They are the same people, the Venezuelan for Biden. 
the Biden administration, the Tyrant administration, the, the opposition, they are coming all of them as a one yes. block. As a ball. As a ball, exactly. And they are about to hit a hit or a home run when mm -hmm. it comes to the sanctions. At the end, at the end of this negotiation, uh -huh. and the well, that is what Milos Alcaraz said, mm -hmm. this negotiation is the worst thing that can have Venezuela in their quest for freedom. For freedom. Yes. Yeah, they are sabotaging any anything that can, can, could come out from persecuting everybody and putting everybody in jail. Yeah, exactly. So they are part of the problem. Yeah. They are part they of are, the problem. They, they, are are, the they, problem. They, they are the problem. They create the chaos. Mm. They create the crisis. And mm. now the solution is, no, we're going to resolve it because we created. And what is the solution? We're going we're gonna to stay. We're going to keep on doing what we're doing. And we're going to mm. do the best that we can do. And, on benefiting and, uh, ourselves and the set. And they will and they will be in power just like the Cubans. Like you, like like Chav like like, like I'm the, sorry, the Castros. Exactly. Like the Castro is the same playbook. Exactly. It's the same the playbook. Same. And then when you compare that um with the United States and let's put it let's put it on Georgia. Mm -hmm. Okay? The state of Georgia. When you compare that with the state of Georgia I I can see they are playing the same book the same book list in here in Georgia. Yep. Okay? We can see the same uh, people they used to call the opposition yep. to the Democrats coming together with the Democrats now and doing in Georgia uh the same tactics that they are doing they were they've been doing in Venezuela for over 30 years over 30 years. And how many more segments do we have? Or oh, this is the last That's one. The last. This is the last one. Brad, this, thank you so much. Um, um, we're going to be leaving soon, right? We're going to finish. Do you want to have, do you have something else to say? That's all, folks. All right. So we got to start comparing Venezuela with Georgia and see how we can this this the Georgia's Georgia is uh, following that path that path right yeah. and and the latest news is that there is two states in the union that are the worst the worst and the second one is Georgia guess which one is the first one New York Pennsylvania Pennsylvania where Biden comes from ah. Pennsylvania and Georgia are the worst in in the union they're called they are you know how they're calling those two states set pool says pool oh yeah okay so let's uh see each other to the next time thank you so much brad have thank a good day you. bye, -bye. bye. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.